Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For SEN America, this is the SEN NFL Podcast. Hello and welcome to the SEN NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Garraway, and I'm sounding terrible because I'm sitting in my kitchen, but I'm assured in the studio is my co-host, James Arthur. How are you, mate? I'm good, Richard. I'm really missing you, and you go away tomorrow, and I'm not even going to have a final face-to-face with you. No, sorry, mate. You'll just have to stop in on your way home, get a cuddle, and uh, I can uh, leave safely. Okay. Coming up on today's show, we'll hit the newsroom, take a look at our top three, bottom three, see if they've moved a little. We've got a new segment, Haters Gonna Hate, really looking forward to that. We're going to get over to Chris's betting corner, as we always do. I think I did a little better than James did this week. And we'll finish up with the games that we're most excited for for next week. So the 17th podcast, James, I'm about to head overseas, mate. I could not be more excited. Oh, sorry. I just thought I'd, uh, I'd, I'd be consistent and not respond when you say that bit. Just dead air. I love it. <laughs> get over to the newsroom. It's time to go into the newsroom on the SEN NFL podcast. Now, I just mentioned Chris's betting corner. I've unfortunately just lost one with the first coach to be fired. I would have sworn it to be the Redskins, but it's not. It's the Dolphins, James. Joe Philman is gone after a 1-3 and three start. Funny story. It is the second year running that a coach has been fired after playing in London. Last year it was Dennis Allen of the Oakland Raiders. So players do not want you do not want to, if you're a coach go to London and lose. And having that by the week after it gives them the two weeks to sort it all out. Exactly. Um, so you take that bad loss, you go in there with some bad form, and you get you know you get blasted. It's like ah, uh, don't worry about it, mate. Don't get back on the plane. You can uh, stay here for extended holidays. We don't need you anymore. Exactly. It's it's a bit rough, really, but it was always coming. The high, I think we discussed earlier in the week, Richie. There was so much hype about Miami, and if you don't live up to it, you're in real trouble. That's the problem with hype. So Joe Philbin's done. Yeah, it, it really surprised. Me. Look, um, Dan Campbell, the tight ends coach, has taken over, which I thought was a bit of a weird selection. Well, I've got a bit um, of a soft spot for Dan Campbell. He, he played 10 NFL, 10 NFL seasons. I think three or four of them. Were, I know he played for the Cowboys. I don't know how many, but he was one of those really good, like, underrated tight ends that just blocked. He never got a catch or anything, but he was kind of a, a bit of a cult hero when he was at the Cowboys. And he's had two other brothers have played in the NFL as well. So it's a pretty good football family. Yeah, well, but I mean, a strange decision is I think they went with somebody who has no chance of getting the head coach job next year. Yep. I think they went out of their way to choose somebody who no, none of the media or anything, if they do well, would say, oh, well, you've now got to give this guy the job. Yeah, and look, I really, I really think that the coach next year will be Jim Schwartz. He was the coach of Detroit, got fired, then he went to Buffalo and was their defensive coordinator. 
He's worked with Ndama Kansu before, and he's the master of turning around 4-3 defenses. I think he's a great fit for them. Obviously, who knows what will happen by the end of the season, but I really think he, he could be a good bet to take over the coaching job. It's interesting because earlier this year, he turned down the defensive coordinator job at, at, um, at the Dolphins. So I was starting to think, yeah, are they... Yeah, because I saw that on the rundown. I'm like, do you really think after he's turned them down that he'd end up down there? Yeah, I could. Maybe he turned them down because he, he wanted to head coach. And if you take up uh, that, that role, he wasn't going to be able to. Yeah, well, look, could be right. Um, I don't know if he's a great fit. Um, he's a good defensive coordinator, but I don't know if he's a very good head coach. He only had one winning season in all that time. He was in Detroit. It was in 2011. Um, he was second in the NFC North, got a wild card, and, and lost to the Saints. Um, I agree, I'm with you. He's definitely a great defensive coach and a really good defensive coordinator, but I don't know if he'd be at the top of my, the top of my list to be my new head coach. Yeah, fair enough. All, all valid, and there, there'll be plenty more names that'll come out. I'm sure there'll be some coordinators that'll put their their name in the hat by the end of the season. Now, for those of you who watched the Monday night game, Seattle beat Detroit 13-10, in which was a pretty ordinary game most of the day, after Cam Chancellor stripped the ball on the goal line with Megatron going in for the go-ahead score. It was an incredible play, James. It was a really, really good play by Cam Chancellor. Basically, he realized there was no way he's going to stop him scoring unless he just punches the ball as hard as he can, hit it hit it in the sweet spot, and out it popped. However, some controversy because uh, who's the linebacker? KJ Wright knocked the ball out of the back of the end zone, Yeah, which is a penalty. So yeah. what should have happened is Detroit should have been given a first and goal from the one-yard line because of that penalty. Yeah, now, they couldn't review this, and I think you're going to have to explain why, because this is a bit of a weird one. Well, you're not allowed to review rules, basically. Well, you know, you can't review judgment calls. So it's kind of like pass interference and holding. This one's come down to a judgment call. It's not like where a guy steps out of bounds. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is obvious. You bring it up, you have a look at it, and you know, well, he stepped out there. Um they call this a judgment call, which surprised me because you look at that replay, he just back, he just knocks it straight out of the back of the end zone. Yeah, it, it's so obvious. He, he's not even tr- he could have grabbed it as well. He had he, the ball bounced straight up to him. He could have just grabbed it, gone down, yeah, and it would have all been good. Yeah, but by batting it out of the back, um, look, do you think the NFL has to go kind of like college football, where they review, yeah, you know, every single. A penalty. Well, or every single play, sorry, just, and, and say no, you got it wrong. This is what we're going to do. It's just too slow. I, I think it would just slow it down way too much. And you know, I think some, you know, the the beauty of sport is that sometimes you get a bad call, and sometimes you know you're on the other end of it. I just think you need these these inconsistencies in in a game, and it sounds silly. But, you know, you, you look at the fumbling rule. No one ever fumbles now unless they really fumbled. And you think about this all, how how different the game would be without these reviews. I, I just think if you start reviewing everything, it just becomes too much. And it can... What's the point of having refs, if that's going to be the case? Well, look, we both know they get it right most of the time. Exactly. I, I think really you've just got to handle with, it. With being right? Well... No, no, there's nothing wrong with being right. I'm just worried that 
every single like the amount of holding calls and pass interference calls that are made the game would never the game would never run it would just be stopped all the time so unless they worked out a way to make it run a lot quicker than the review system does now i would definitely be against it fair enough any other takeaways from this game before we move on not particularly. Look, Cam, Cam Chancer is a difference maker on that defense, and I, I've got to feel a little bit for Detroit because their their defense is such a good unit, and their offense just lets them down every year. You know, last year the offense wasn't great, and they still made the playoffs, but they're not going to make it now. From zero and four, their their season's over, and you know when a Detroit fan's going to get a break, really? Yeah, both running games are pretty ordinary. You know, the, the two feature backs Abdul had thirteen carries to thirty three yards, and um. I think it's Tim Rawlings who got the start after Seattle. You know, he had 17 carries for 48 yards. Yeah, the the especially the Lions, their 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 O line is too slow. They can't get to the second level. They take care of the defensive line all right, but they can't ever get up to the linebackers. So they're just it's just so easy for NFL linebackers if you don't block them. You just yeah, can't but- leave guys like that open. So. It was it was pretty bad to watch the running games, and Seattle's just as bad. Their O line uh, is terrible. Wilson was just running for his life, wasn't he? Yeah, that, well, the, well, the he made a couple of good plays, but he was just running. Detroit's only touchdown was a defensive fum, a defensive recovery. So, um, yeah, I, I I think their O line's terrible, and I think it's really going to hurt them. And Jimmy Graham again did did nothing. So no, just, they can't get it to him. They don't know how to get it to him. No, nah, they don't know how should, to do it. Yeah, what they should do is call who we're going to talk about next is Drew Brees. Because he knows how to get it to him. Now, he was the difference in that game over the Cowboys in overtime. Yeah, he really was. The Cowboys are just riddled with injuries. Sean Lee goes out of the game on the first series. You lose a guy like Sean Lee, you're in trouble. Oh, absolutely. I mean, do you want me to tell tell everybody the story when you rang me up after you saw that result? Uh, You can if you must. (laughs) Oh, as usual, I put James on suicide watch when something horrible goes on with the Cowboys. He rings me up and says, I'm sitting in a bath holding the toaster over the water. Which, of course, put me in bits of hysterics. But it, was, it wasn't it was good from the Cowboys. They were sort of hanging on, and Drew Brees went just straight down the field in regulation for the win. Another field, uh, another kick and misses another field goal. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. It, um, but it didn't matter. Drew Brees got it done anyway. Yeah, let's say he's, he, he got the big play from CJ Spiller in overtime which was his 400th touchdown. So congratulations to Drew Brees. Joins a club with only three other guys in it. Is it Peyton Manning? No, four other guys in it. Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, Brett Favre, and Tom Brady. So it's a pretty good club to join. Yeah, he's had a great career. And it was a real gritty game by him. I was very impressed. Even though they did beat the Cowboys, he's such a class act. He was grimacing on most of his throws. He, He just really wanted to win that game and... I was. I have to admit, if it was anyone else, I would have been a, a, a lot more upset. But I've got a lot of time for Drew Brees. Yeah, oh, I do too. I think he's been a, a fantastic player for a long time. And the Saints—they're a different team with him in it. Surprise, surprise. But um, I thought they looked a, a hell of a lot better with him playing in than when he missed last week. Yeah, no doubt. And that's what happens. As we've discussed the last few weeks, which the Cowboys are suffering, even though Brandon Whedon, I thought, played a pretty good game. They, the drop off from starting quarterback to backup quarterback is just so huge. It's massive. Like Brandon Whedon was so frustrating. Where Tony Romo would usually just sit in a nice clean pocket, 
he just kept running out of the pocket into pressure. Yeah, he looked jumpy, didn't he? It's so frustrating to sit there and watch when you understand that the O-line's done such a good job, and then he steps back and runs into a sack, and he could have sat there for another three or four seconds, which is what Romo does. So it's not just throwing the ball that makes a quarterback um, a great player. It's everything else he does for the offense. So they, they really need Romo, and they really need Dez. It's... I, I just I think the season's going to fall apart, unfortunately, because they are struggling without them both. Yeah, there's plenty of people who you could find who'd be more than happy to tell you that the Cowboys uh, won't get close with those two guys out at the moment. Yeah, it's your two best players. You, you can't... No team can... If Green Bay lost... Um, they've lost Jordy Nelson's, so lost one of their two one of their two best players. If they lost because Aaron Rodgers... Yeah, it's all over for them. Exactly. It's, so. it, it's the same for every every team. Moving on, Denver sacked Teddy Bridgewater seven times in a 23-20 win. That Denver defense is awesome. It is playing outstandingly. It, it is incredible. Their pass rush is unstoppable. Von Miller is the quickest off the ball I've seen for a very long time. He's been compared to, um, who was the linebacker from the Chiefs that passed away? Oh, um, is it Thomas? Yeah, I'm having a mental gap. I think everyone will be knowing who he is right now and and having a laugh at me and Richard. But he reminds me of him and Demarcus Ware's found a, a fountain of youth because he looks outstanding as well. Yeah, so. and even and they're in a very um, they're in a pretty good spot right now because all of a sudden you don't have to ask Manning to win it for you or do anything exceptionally over the top. Yeah. He just has to take advantage of the good field position that great D delivers yep. and you know, score 20 points and they're going to win. Yeah, and it was a, I, I watched this game. It was a really good game to watch. And although Bridgewater was sacked seven times, he just keeps impressing me. Every time I watch him, he looks fantastic. He led them down on a drive to tie the game up. He, you know, the, the, they then Denver scored the first field goal in, in in overtime and Teddy Bridgewater just couldn't respond um, with anything because of because of the pass rush. But their, their O-line is not very good. They've lost their best right tackle, their best offensive lineman, Lode Holt, at the start of the season. So they're not very good and Bridgewater just really just keeps thriving. I think he's got a really bright future ahead of him. Yeah, and they put a couple more pieces around him, help improve that defense through. Obviously, already got an outstanding back and an okay crop of receivers. Um you know, get him, get him a little more help, improve the D a bit, and they could be really something to be reckoned with. Yeah, exactly. Now, we were talking about kickers earlier, missing we a were. lot. Steelers kicker Josh Scobie misses two late field goals, and the Ravens steal the game in overtime. We watched that one together, Richard. It was we a did. pretty good game. It, it was a good game to watch, especially with a, watching with a couple of other friends of ours who, uh, who had money on the line, um, and their fantasy teams as well. I can't believe that the Steelers managed to give this away. Yeah, it looked like it was their game for the whole last quarter. Ravens, Flacco was really struggling. Their running game was nothing. All of a sudden, the game's tied and, and it's, it's going into overtime because of if Josh Scobie kicked one of those field goals, the game's over. It was to, One was to make it a nine-point game and one was to make it... Um, one was to win it with almost no time left. And then once the Ravens got the ball, they just went down and won it. It was, um, I think we were calling the draw for a while, weren't we? 
in yeah, overtime. Yeah, because we thought, like, there was only five minutes left in the overtime period. Yeah. When the game-winning field goal was kicked, but, um, you know, the coaching staff just had no faith in Scobie. They could have gone for some field goals in overtime, and they chose to go for it on fourth down and didn't get it both times. Um, you know, one of those, they didn't even put the ball in Bell's hand. I mean, like, what are you doing? He's your best player. Yeah, it wasn't a very well-coached game from the Steelers. Um, they put a bit too much faith in Michael Vick for my liking, who looked okay in patches like Michael Vick always does because he's a pretty flashy guy. But yeah, he just he just didn't he just didn't didn't look like the answer for them. So I'm not sure what they do there. They have they haven't cut Josh Josh Scobie. But I think they have. They have cut him. I'm sure they've cut him. I haven't seen anything for that. So let Hang me know on. if they do. While while you do that, while, while you have a look, we'll move on to the Bills. Hand the Giants the game, 24-10, after 18 penalties. Richard, as someone who coaches football, what does 18 penalties do to a team? Makes you lose. Exactly. It is. They are just so bad. Yeah. You can't do that. And then Rex Ryan gets in the in the press conference and defends them and says he loves, he'd prefer a team that's tough. You know, Obviously, they've got to cut down the penalties, but he'd prefer to have a tough team than not. But that's just stupid. Yeah, this is why I love Rex, because he'll come out and say that, but you know he is furious. Yeah, exactly. Like he protects his players and looks after them and all the rest, but you know he is tearing them a new one in there. Yeah, and I guess that's why players love playing for Rex Ryan, because he, he is a player's coach, and everyone loves that guy. So, look, I, I was just really disappointed, because I really like the Bills, and to go and lose a game like that, it's just such a Bills thing to do to let Giants come in to Buffalo and beat you. It yeah. was very frustrating. Again, and there's now, no, nothing really wrong with them. They're just not, they just have games where they don't play well. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and, and you just think, wow, what's going on here? Like, there's enough pieces that they should be better than they actually are. Well, it, it's, it's a bit of a cliche, Richie, but do you think they're maybe trying, that they're trying to learn how to win? Because they're a team that haven't been a, a winning team for a long time. Yeah, I, that's one of the things that kind of gets up my nose a bit, like learning how to win. Uh, I, I don't buy into it. Winning's winning. I accept that losing can become a culture and accepting it. But, yeah, I just I feel like winning's winning. You know, there's not... Those NFL rosters get turned over too much. Yeah, but what I think is that... What, what, what I think what it means is that you when the pressure comes on in the last quarter and it's a close and it's a close game and you're up, do you crumble because you expect just to lose games like that, or do you step up and and actually go and win the game? That's what Buffalo have struggled with lately. They're always either trying to come from behind or they just haven't really gone out and annihilated a team yet. And that's what I'm waiting to see from them. And you know, it it has to start happening soon if they want to have a real chance of of winning the Super Bowl. And my God, they miss Lashawn McCoy when he's not there. Oh, absolutely. Can I flip the script real, really quickly and talk about the Giants and the NFC East? Do we have to? Yeah, I know it's your it's your team, but Philly are one game out of first. I know. It's, Is that in, that's incredible. It, the other three teams in that division should be thanking their lucky stars on the bad luck the Cowboys have been given. Because yeah. if if they've got Romo, they're probably 4-0 and and they're well ahead of this division. Yep. Agreed. And this weekend's um, matchup with them and the Patriots. Yeah, they're going to lose. Be two undefeated teams. Yeah, 
I, I, I cannot see the Cowboys beating the Patriots, which means that nah, if, me if the Redskins or the Giants win, they're, they're on top of the division, and the Cowboys have got to find a way to win. You can't just let a season go, but I don't think they can. But yeah, the, the Giants are in the box seat, and God, it annoys me that the Eagles have started so poorly, yet they still have a chance, and knowing Chip Kelly, they probably will pull it out. Do you think the NFC East could do an NFC South from last year, getting with the old losing record? No, no. I, th- I think there's too many good teams. Like I actually think I actually have changed my t- my tune on the Redskins a little bit. I think they're okay, but no, I, I don't think so. I think one of them will get a winning record. I think probably ten and six will win the division because someone will get. Any time this happens, and a team in the NFC East will get on a hot streak. So that's that's what I think. But hey, you never know. It, it, it's, it could. If the Cowboys don't get things right, I think it definitely could. Yeah, well, the Redskins, man, they were primed for a Redskins moment at the end of that game. I cannot believe they drove 90-odd yards on 15 plays, I think it was, for the winning score. What they should have had was the heartbreaking interception. That's what they do. I was shot when Washington drove the field and pulled it off. The Red Zone Channel this weekend was sensitive. Oh, it was like all it was 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 three different screens watching all the close games. It was a really good week of games. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely fantastic. Coming up next, we're going to talk top three, bottom three on the SEN NFL podcast. Top three, bottom three. All right, James, do you want to do the good news first as usual? Yeah, let's start with the top three. Do you want, do you want me to start with mine? Yeah, who've you got in third? In third, they've uh, pushed their way in the Cincinnati Bengals. Interesting. I think they're the number two offense. They're very consistent, both running and passing the ball. Andy Dalton, whether you like him or not, is playing outstanding. He looks really good this season. Um, I couldn't ignore them any longer. They're four and zero. They're going to win that. They're going to win that division. So I can't wait to see if they can do something in the playoffs. Yeah, they're playing really well. Said now, I don't have them in my top three. If it was expanded, I'd probably have them at four. But I've got the Denver Broncos on the back of their defense in third place. Yeah, and this this is that th- they were the two I was I was fretting over with three and four, but they're both quality teams. Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier when we talked about their game, that D is going to have them in every single game. I really think that Quebec starting to to mould his system a little bit to suit Manning better. I think they did a, another good job of that this week. All Manning has to be is okay. Yeah, and they'll work out that running game, I think. It'll, it'll get stronger. So I think, I think they're going to keep improving as well. Okay, mate. Who have you got in second? I have in second place, for no good reason other than the fact they had a bye, the New England Patriots. Jeez, that's rough, mate. <laughs> <laughs> they have a week off and you drop them. Well, I watched Green Bay win, and actually there, there is a little bit more of a reason. Green Bay, my, I'll just say Green Bay are my number one, same as last week, but they've just they've just flipped around. Green Bay's defense really impressed me against the 49ers. And they haven't had, they're not definitely, not, they're not like Denver's defense, but Green Bay haven't had a good defense for a while. If their defense can be strong, with the quarterback play and the, off, and the rest of the offense, they are a really good team. So although, yeah, I didn't get to see the Patriots this week, I still think it's pretty even with those two with one and two. But Green Bay jumped them purely because I watching their defense impressed me. And if that's something that can continue, is they can be an even better team. Yeah, well... I've held serve. I've kept the Patriots at one. I've got the Packers at two. Um, the first thing, I'll just touch on the Packers really quick. Something that you haven't mentioned is the turnover battle is key in any game, or it's the key to winning NFL games. There's just no two ways about it. And the Packers haven't turned it over 
in the last 159 minutes. Yeah. That, <laughs> That's an incredible number. So how many turnovers have they had this season? Oh, very good. I'd have to look it up, but it is so low. They just don't turn it over. Yeah, and if you've got a player like Aaron Rodgers, it's you just you're just going to win so many games because you're going to get the ball so often. And if you're not turning it over, it means you're either punting, so you're not giving the other team good field position, or you're kicking field goals and touchdowns, which means you're going to win. Yeah. Now the reason I like the Patriots at number one is the stat that jumps out at me is point differential. And yeah. as we said, we've been saying all the time they're playing in FU mode. They're running it up and and they're playing really hard on defense. Compared to the other teams that are 4-0, and their points differential is plus 49. Who have the Patriots played? Jacksonville, uh, Buffalo, and the Steelers. So they haven't played terrible teams, but putting 50 on Jacksonville yeah, certainly yeah, helps. Yeah, not like dropping a 50-burger and going on by. Yeah, look, they're, uh, they're both outstanding teams, there's no doubt about it, and they're really even. I really hope we see that matchup in the Super Bowl, because I reckon they're both pretty evenly matched teams. And very, very good teams. Now, someone, uh, just before we move to the bottom three, um, now, I had the Seahawks dropping out. I, I, they did not look very good. And you had Arizona dropping out. Yeah, Arizona purely, they were the better team against St. Louis, but they didn't win. And I reward teams that win. The Bengals are undefeated, so that's pure. I still think Arizona are a really good team. They They should have won that game against St. Louis, but... They dropped it. And if you want to be one of the top teams, you can't go to a lesser opponent and drop those games, if, if that makes sense. Yep. Oh, it makes total sense. Switching over to our bottom three, James, who have you got in 30th place? In 30th place, I have a new, a new team this week, the Miami Dolphins. I'm basically picking teams for this bottom three that are playing badly. I don't think Miami Dolphins are the third worst roster in the NFL by any means but they are playing so terribly. They have no running game. Tannehill is struggling. There's no pass protection. Their receivers are one-dimensional. They're all slot receivers that are great at getting receptions, but not yards. Um, And their defense, with all the money they've spent on it, is is doing nothing. So, you know, they might be a high profile and and have a bit of hype around them, but their coach is gone, and they're in the bottom three. Yep, hard to argue with that. I've got the Jags. In 30th place, they had a chance to get a win over an AFC South opponent to help push them up. And they just choked it away yep. against the Colts without um, Andrew Luck playing. Yeah, exactly. Who was it? Hasselbeck hasn't played for five years. Yep. They should have beaten him. They so. failed to score after halftime. And it still went to overtime and they lost. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's their 11th consecutive road loss. Yeah, exactly. And I believe there was a field goal miss to win the game before overtime. So yeah. they're doing it's everything another... they can to not win games, the Jaguars. Yeah. What is it with kickers this year? Is it as simple as the fact they've moved the, the extra point back 15 yards? Well, that's what a lot of the experts are saying. Like, it's a, like terrible. A, it's a pressure thing. But, like, I don't know. This was a terrible week. One of the worst weeks in NFL history for kickers, except yeah. for the guy down in Kansas City who kicked seven field goals and that was it. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah it's, it's just been a bad week football. and a bad year but there's some kickers that are flourishing like I know yeah. the Cowboys kicker hasn't missed one yet yeah, um, Tampa Bay Bailey. got rid of theirs yeah this exactly well. it's um, look I, I can't explain it because kickers are just a different breed they really are they're not really I heard um, Brian Billick who coached the Baltimore Ravens to their Super Bowl say that when he used to coach kickers 
it was hard because you'd go to treat them as football players, but they're not, so they wouldn't respond to it. You had to treat them differently because yeah. they're not football players, they're kickers, which I thought was harsh, but it must just be the, the way the relationships between a kicker and a coach works. And it's also, I think kicking's kind of like a golf swing. When you've got the yips and you're not on, you're gone. And it's very like, mental. Can you imagine yeah, you've missed... Like, for, for Josh Scobie, he's missed the last two field goals and then they put him in to win the game. And all he's thinking is, if I miss this, I'm gone. I'm going to be cut. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out he was cut anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, like, who you got to be second worst in the league? Second worst. Again, a team playing terribly, the Houston Texans. They couldn't avoid this any longer. I don't care about hype. They have the worst two quarterbacks in the NFL <laughs> by such a long way. Hoy and Mallet. Does but, it even matter which one you start? They're terrible. And we were we were saying start Mallet and give him a chance. But he's terrible too. Yeah, they, they both suck. They've got... The thing that frustrates me with, with, with this team is, and it's just like the Miami Dolphins, they have such good players. Like DeAndre Hopkins is having quietly... A really, really good year. Like a, he's in the top five in a lot of categories for wide receivers. Yet he's their only bad. receiver. No, he's yeah, a well, good player. Well, when you comp- when you look at those two quarterbacks combined, their completion percentage is about fifty percent. Yeah, it, so they're all going to Hopkins. <laughs> he's the only guy that is getting it done for them. Yeah, exactly. And you know the defense has JJ Watt. Obviously, the best player, the best defensive player in the NFL. Clowney's played well. Will Fork's been fine, yet they can't stop anyone passing them. Atlanta tore them apart this week. Yeah, that secondary was no good. I don't, I, I don't know what Houston and the Houston's a bit similar to Detroit. They haven't been around as long as Detroit, but if you're a Houston fan, you must be hating life right now because when is it going to give? When are you going to have a good season? Yeah, I just. Find a good quarterback, I guess. They like, they just like need to bottom teams. out this year and take the best quarterback in the draft. They should have taken, like, if you look, uh, if they would taken Teddy Bridgewater at the number one pick instead of Jadavian Clowney, how different would this team be? Do you think? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. yeah, you can play those games all all day long. It doesn't really change anything. But at the same time, everybody saw what Clowney was. And everyone would have taken him number one. However, you need quarterbacks to win in this league, and Houston do not have one. Yep, very true. Now, the second worst team I've got is the Miami Dolphins. I'm with you. Do you know they've been outscored? I found this stat while we were talking. They've been outscored by a league worst 34 points in the first quarter this season. Yeah. They get jumped by everybody, so they're playing from behind. Non-stop. Just a team that doesn't want, that doesn't come ready to play, and that's a reflection on a coach who is now fired. Yeah, the only score in the first quarter of any game this year was a field goal against the Jags. Yeah, terrible. And the, the Jags are the only team they've beat, and they only just beat them, if I'm not... Is, is that correct? Yeah, they yeah. only just beat them. So, yeah, look, they're terrible. I'll get to my worst team, number 32 in the league. They were number 31 on my list last week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep, I had them 31 last week, and now I've got them worse. They are, have you got them last as well? Yep. Yeah, they are just driven. I feel sorry for their offensive skill positions because that O-line is by far the worst in the league. They can't yep. pass protect. They can't run block. There is nothing to look forward to with this team. They really need to just keep building. Um, and look, James Winston isn't isn't the problem. He looks fine. 
He hasn't no, been he terrible. No, yes, he has. Oh, he's running for his life. He was 10 of 28 with three interceptions and a fumble. He, he and Mike Evans are not on the same page. They cannot get... An attempted pass to Mike Evans doesn't go within 10 yards of him. Which is ridiculous to think how big that guy is and how easy Tampa Bay quarterbacks made it look last year getting the ball to him. Yeah, and they're all terrible. It was it was a McCown brother and... Um, Glennon. Glennon. Yeah. Uh, they're certainly pretty ordinary. The thing... I, I can wear... I didn't expect Winston just to come in on day one and be the saviour. I genuinely didn't. One, because I don't think he's that good. But two, he's a rookie quarterback playing behind just a horrible O-line. It's the pick. It's picked on five. Like, quick outs in the NFL are an important part of the offense. And he just gets picked off on them all the time. I don't know what he's doing because, yeah, I'm not sitting there watching the coach's film, but is he staring them down or what's he doing? Because every time he throws a quick out, it gets jumped. He stares him down. He he doesn't know how to um, read play, basically read the defense, and then he stares down one spot. He doesn't look players off. Which what I mean by that is basically like good NFL quarterbacks will look where they're not throwing the ball to bait defenders to move that way, and then throw it quickly. Look and throw it where they want to throw it at the end. To so playing them off. He, he doesn't do that well at all. So that's something he's going to have to improve on. He's a rookie quarterback, and he he will get better. But he certainly has an arm. But I, had, I saw a funny meme, I guess, for this the other day. What three things do Cam Newton of the Carolina Panthers and Jameis Winston have in common? Uh, they've certainly both got a Heisman. They've both got a Heisman. They were both picked number one in the draft. And they both throw touchdowns to the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> God, it was bad. I, I, I thought that was pretty off. funny. I just went to the Red Zone channel. I can't yeah. hack it. I can't watch Tampa games. I watch them condensed because I'm a tragic, but I can't watch it live. A quick shout-out, though. Josh Norman, the cornerback from the Panthers, he's having an incredible season. Good to see another Richard Sherman mould coming through the league. He looks looks the real deal. Sherman didn't look that flush, I thought, this week. But anyway. He's he's a bit up and down, but Seattle will still win enough games to make playoffs. Uh, The last thing before we move, I want to throw a shout-out to Chicago. Big thanks to Robbie Golds, clutch kicking. Gets them, out, gets them out of the bottom three. Must only, be for a week. Only <laughs> just. Oh, God, how, how Oakland is that to get, to lose that game? No. Oh. They are the most frustrating team, even if you don't support them. Yeah, and the Bears have already gone on four, which has been the first time since 2000 that that had happened. Yeah. But Huge win way, for them. Yeah, we know they're terrorists. They're dead. That scheme is just, they are not into it yet. And John Fox is a terrible coach. <laughs> Didn't I call him a brood name last week? He did. Nearly had to beef it. We all know how I feel about John Fox. Uh, it'll be interesting in the next couple of weeks because some of those um, top teams have got some good matchups. So we're really interested to see how it changes over the next few weeks. Yeah, exactly. All right, we, we ready to move on to Chris's betting corner? Sure thing. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. No. Nope. Five to one. No. Nope. Ten to one. You're <laughs> Something a bit different for the betting corner today. I thought I'd uh, I'd throw you a bit of a curveball and play something different. Last week, yeah, I think. Try. I like that. A bit different. What's it from? Dumb and Dumber, that one. Uh, yeah, I've never Speaking seen perfectly. Dumb and Dumber, and I certainly will not be seeing the second one. 
No, I'm a bit the same, actually, to be honest with you. <laughs> we'll see what response that uh, that holds. We could go back to the next one, the, uh, the, the previous one by next week. Who knows? But, um, boys, this is my favourite uh, segment of the show um, quite easily because I get my voice on the radio, which is terrific. But what I've done last week, I went through and uh, and told you what you did last week. I actually did a bit of, um, of reconnaissance work and actually edited up all your uh, tips from last week. So let's have a listen real quick before we get into the tips. I have my first bet. Again, it's a bit of a long shot. I, I like picking one of these a week. I have Minnesota to go into Denver and win at $3.60. I'm going to put 200 on that. Much like you, mate. I've got the Chiefs going into the Bengals to pop that bubble, I saw that, that 3-0 one. bubble, yeah. at $2.68, and I'll have 500 on that. I have Arizona to win by more than 13 points over the Rams at $2.91. I want 500 on that, please, Christopher. All right. Now it's saying go big or go home. Oh, here we go. Seattle Seahawks hosting the hopeless Detroit Lions. Five grand. Do it. $2,000 at $1.18. Now, Richie actually won this That's week, the first hard. time for the year. Thank goodness for the Seahawks. Thank goodness for Cam Chancellor. That one was close. That one was unbelievable. And you just got over the line. Now, that was your biggest bet of the year, but it actually paid off. Both of you had an extra bet as well, but they were futures bets, so I didn't include it in there just for just to speed everything up, up a little bit. So, James, you started off uh, last week with $10,019. You lost $400, so you're back down to 9619 Richie, you started with 4873 You lost $500 on the Chief V Bengals. You only won 360 with the Seahawks because it was at such short odds, $1.18, so you still went down $4,733. But it's suck. closer. You suck. You won and you still lost money total. Yeah, but I, but I also... Gruden not getting fired for this week cost me as well. That future's bet's gone. Yeah, look. I still like how you put a lot of money on it. That was pretty good. That was ballsy. And it got over the line. That's what I want more of, boys. Well, you're going to get more of that this week. Richard, are you, are you ready for the bets, Chris? Is it time? I'm ready. I've got my pens poised. Do you want to Only go first, one pen, Richard, actually, or do, do you want me to? Uh, you can go first, mate. All right. I've got, as usual, I start with a little bit of a long shot. Um... This one isn't too much of a long shot, though. I have $200 on the Saints to beat the Eagles at $3.13. I think the Eagles are... This is more... This would make me so happy not only to win this bet and see the Eagles lose. So I'm just really betting for just pure happiness on Monday morning. So that's what I've got there. Yeah. Who have you got? What have you got for your first bet? Okay. I'm going a little bit out of the box. Good. So, Chris, you get ready for this because... I don't know if I can win, and this is how I'm going to do it. Green Bay to go 16 and 0 and win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I have a hundred dollars on that at a hundred to one odds. Hundred to one. <laughs> so when I hit that, it's all over. I'm going to win. <laughs> Not really. At at this point, I could be that much ahead of you. It wouldn't matter. <laughs> I do like that bet, though. Yeah, that's that's a cool. I bet. do like that bet. Um, I have my second bet, $300 on the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger-less Pittsburgh Steelers, to beat the San Diego Chargers at $2.43. Yeah, 
locked in. Are they in. hosting that or are they at Chargers? I can't remember and I don't care. I just don't think the Chargers are any good and it's... I think the Steelers, the Steelers are going... That, <coughs> sorry. That Steelers going two charges on a Monday night game. Yep, Steelers play big. Michael Vick will get, will get, get it done. Isn't but, it now Mike Vick? No, it's Michael. I was watching the game the other day and... That, the, yeah, they all call him Mike Vick. Yeah. I noticed that too. On the screen, uh, at the start of the game, it said Mike Vick. I don't know how long that's been going on for, but I thought that was strange. Maybe they started shortening his name when he started shortening puppies' lives. <laughs> hey... You don't hurt dogs, all right? They're cool. That was a while ago, though. Yeah, I don't forgive. Hang on, Chris. I've mentioned this before in the past. If there was video of that dog fighting and the other horrible things they did, he would never have got back into the NFL, much like Ray Rice. He would never, ever have got back in. No, exactly. That's a given. Anyway, let's move on, boys. This is getting depressing. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Let's get back to betting, please. All right. Denver Broncos going to the Oakland Raiders. Broncos are paying $1.47. That Raiders three grand. offense cannot get anything going. Put three on it. Come on, be bold. I'll have 2000 on the Denver Broncos to win at $1.47. Oh, that, that'll be good for you, Rich. You, you need That's better odds than $1.18 that Seahawks were giving you last week. Yeah. You've taken yeah. that $360 you won this week, <laughs> minus the 200 you lost, and you've... Or 400, 500 you've lost, and you've really put it somewhere. I'm proud of you. And let it roll. Yeah. Okay, I've got a bit of a big bet here as well. I have Buffalo to beat the Titans at $1.69. Chris, are you ready? Yep. I want $2,000 on a place. Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> Riding with Rexy. I'm backing my man Rex. I you love boys him. are getting pretty he confident. Loves me. Hey, well, you've got this much money in the bank, Chris. Like, I guess <laughs> high I guess, roller. I guess the reason Richie struggles is because he doesn't know what it's like to have that much money in the bank. <laughs> you sleep on beds of money, don't you? <laughs> I sleep. I I bathe in bathtubs of money. <laughs> Daddy's money, more like. Oh, okay, here he goes. Cheap shot. <laughs> any uh, anyone else have any more bets, or is yeah, that it for the week? No, no, I'm gonna have one. Good. I don't feel super confident about this, but the Seattle Seahawks go to the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think the Seahawks offense is playing well enough, and I think that Bengals D is going to be too good for them. I don't want to take the dollar sixty-six at the money line. I'm actually going to take the Bengals minus two and a half points at a dollar eighty, and I'll have five hundred on that. Ooh, it's in the book. So you think? So I really struggle with with the line bets. So, so if the Bengals win, sorry, if the Bengals lose by less than a field goal. No, geez, you are hopeless at this. <laughs> I do so not Cincinnati, get the line. Cincinnati are minus two and a half. Yeah. But if, if they win by one or two points, I lose. If they win by three or more, I win. Ah, uh, so you're taking them to win by more than a field goal. Exactly. Okay, very nice. So go Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the three bets for the week. Is that all wrapped up? Yeah, that's all done for me, mate. Beautiful. That's that's uh, that's it for my segment. Then I've got to go back behind the glass and kind of just wait until the end of the show before I can talk to anyone again. Okay, coming up next, our brand new segment, Haters Gonna Hate. Haters Gonna Hate. Now, I've ripped this off a little bit, James, from another podcast, but they called it something else. So if you do listen to that podcast and you know I've ripped it off, congratulations, good for you, but it's a funny segment and that's what we want it to be. So the way it works, 
is we're going to ask each other a question and they have to work out what a hater would say because we've all got that mate and it's usually me who no matter what you say, they've got a counter-argument for it because they're a hater and they hate everybody and they think everybody sucks. Yep. Make sense? You. It is, mate. Yep. So, James, I'll give you the first one straight out of the gate. Mate, I think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, yeah, but he's a cheater. That's really close. I almost would have accepted that, but the correct answer is, oh, well, the eras have changed now with all the passing rules. Anybody can be good in the NFL now as a quarterback. Yeah, that's up there. Yeah, uh, Tom Brady. I love Tom Brady. It hurts me just to joke about bagging him. <laughs> My next one. The Bengals are 4-0 and and headed to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but they can't win in the playoffs. Ding, ding, ding. Correctamundo. Yep. How, <laughs> everyone's got that poor Bengals fan who are all excited at the start of the year. We all know deep down it's all going to fall apart. Yeah, exactly. They Every year, they, and I hope they don't do it this year because I, I like them, but yeah, every year they make the playoffs and lose. Every year, no matter what. They go 10-6, and 12-4, 11-5, whatever. They lose. And staying on that vein of undefeated teams, the Carolina Panthers are headed to the Super Bowl. The Carolina Panthers are heading to the Super Bowl. That's the, that's the statement? Yep. Um, what would a hater say? They play in a crappy division. Ding, ding, ding. I was also would have accepted oh, who they played. Yeah, okay. Because I was like, I'm pretty good at this game, Rich. In that voice, you have to do it in that voice as well that Richie just yeah, did. Exactly. Who else who do they play? Yep, that's the voice. If you didn't say it like that, it wouldn't have counted. Really? Yep. Okay. God, I didn't know there was tone of voice yeah, answers difficult. as well. Yep. Yep. This is tough. So, obviously, this one's designed to be a bit of fun. Uh, we're going to bring it in and out as, as the season goes on, especially once we've got some uh, big statements and some good things happening. Um Coming up next, we'll be looking ahead to next week. James has got some games he really wants to talk about. This is Tom Hornsey, and you're listening to the SEN NFL Podcast. Okay, the first game we're going to have a look at, the Seattle Seahawks at the Cincinnati Bengals. Pretty big game. Seattle really need to win this. Bengals are 4-0. and Richie, you've got some money on it. What are your sure thoughts? Do. I just really think the way that Seahawks offensive line is playing, that they're just going to struggle to score points. And I know that Seattle's defense is good, especially at the back end, you know, yeah. Legion of Boom and all that. But I really do think Andy Dalton might have turned a corner. I might come out to look stupid later, but I think they've really improved. And that running game's looking good. The passing game's looking really good. And I just think Seattle are off the boil. Yeah, and the, the Bengals' offense is number two in the league. And they are very consistent. Fourth in passing, eighth in rushing. There's not many good offenses that are so good at both areas, so they can attack you in either way. Interesting, though, it's a, the 19th-ranked offense of the Seattle versus the 19th-ranked defense of the Cincinnati Bengals and the second-ranked offense of the Bengals versus the second-ranked defense of Seattle. So pretty. the stats say it's pretty even. But as you said, Seattle are not playing well, but this is the kind of game that, a team like Seattle, who are a good team, have been a really good team in the past, go and win. Yeah, they also do have the element of, of the West Coast team heading east. You know, it's that 1pm kickoff, which is more like kicking off at uh, 10 in the morning, that West Coast team. 
it does affect West Coast teams travelling east. And as I said, I just feel like they're a little off the boil. I think it really, could, I think it could be a really good game. Yeah, absolutely. Look, the next game we'll have a look at uh, the Washington Redskins at Atlanta again. Atlanta, another four and O team. Redskins have been the surprise of the surprise for the league this year. Would you would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Of course. I thought their coach would be fine by now. Exactly. So they've been really good. Their defense number four in the league. What what rank, you've probably already looked at the screen, what rank do you think their offense is, Rich? I have looked at the screen. If you'd asked me, I would have said 15th, 16th. Yeah. I wouldn't have even thought twice about it. Eighth in the league and the number one rushing team, which yeah. is really surprising it's great to see them them turning it around. Their O-line's playing, a much improved O-line. You know, the, the rookie they took in the first round, Sheriff, who we thought was going to be terrible, has turned out being really good at right guard. Um, it's, it's it's good to see them playing well. Kirk, I still don't think the quarterback situation's decided, but they're going against a really bad Atlanta Falcons defense. They, they can't stop the pass, nor can they stop the run. But we all know how well Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are playing. Their fifth-ranked offense looks... Almost unstoppable. It looked unstoppable against the Cowboys and Houston the last two weeks. So yeah. I don't know how the Redskins are going to actually shut that down. Uh, what, what, what's your thoughts? The other thing I, I would throw out there is the Falcons are starting to look a little bit like the greatest show on turf Rams. It's like, okay, we know our D's not that good and you're going to score on it but we're going to score 45 every week. Yeah, and interesting. Did you see Roddy White is incredibly unhappy and wants out of Atlanta? Really? I didn't see that. When it, was, it only came out today. I saw it on the way into the studio today. So apparently he said, I'm sick of expletive blocking people. So he's really unhappy. He's a big part of that offense because he is such a good blocker at receiver and he's a really good second receiver. So, And he's a veteran. Like, yeah. He'll have a block of people who will agree with him. That could really disrupt the... Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it's not good news. Uh, we'll move on to the next game. <sighs> New Orleans Saints 1-3 and three versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Pretty... If this, after watching the Saints play with Drew Brees against the Cowboys... I think they're a much better... Obviously, they're a much better team with him. The Eagles... I don't know where why people still think they're good. They're 29th in offense, 21st in defense, 30th in rushing, and 26th in passing. Chip Kelly's moves... He won 10 games in his first season. First with, two seasons. First two seasons with the personnel that other people put, that other people put together for him. With his personnel, he's terrible. He... I think, realistically, he should probably just be a coordinator because the moves he's made, everyone thought they were stupid and they've turned out to be stupid. There's nothing like the 30th-ranked rushing attack going into Saints' defence at home to kind of give you a bit of a kickstart. Like, I actually think... I don't want to buy too much into the Saints' hype from this week against a beat-up Cowboys team because they look so bad a couple yeah. of weeks before that. Not that Philly look, any, look good, but I don't want to get too excited about the Saints. And they've got a couple of misleading numbers you know, with the third-ranked passing attack, but the 28th-ranked rushing attack. Yeah, they obviously rely heavily on Drew Brees. Look, I just really want the Eagles to lose. It's no secret <laughs> that I cannot stand them. I can handle the Giants, I can handle the Redskins, but the Eagles, it's their fans that frustrate me. 
They're always going to win everything. They're the best team. They're all hype. They they tricked me into making them all my predictions for end of season awards, and I'm really mad at them. So I hope they lose. Go Saints. Go. Well, we're that? convinced. We're <laughs> convinced that you were just trying to put the revert jinx on. Richard. Because Maddie sent me a text. He goes, look, it's working. The reverse jinx is working. I would give you access to my thoughts for that situation, but then you'd have to see everything else in my mind, and that is just a dark, dark place. Nah, no thanks. Okay, we'll move on to the next game. Really good game, actually, the next one. Buffalo at the Tennessee Titans. Pretty even matchup. I think Buffalo are going to go in and cream them, obviously, from the $2,000. I just bet on them. What's your thoughts, Rich? I don't know if I'll cream them, but... The Titans' exciting start by beating up a really crappy Buccaneers team was a huge smokescreen, but it got some hype going for them. I think people sort of overrated them. And I'm with you. I don't think they're very good. No, me neither. So I think Buffalo are going to go in and kill them. I think uh, Tyrod Taylor will get the offense back on track. They'll most likely have McCoy back, so that should really help them. Um, just a, a quick last one, Cardinals at Lions. I think the reason I've got this in is because I want to see if the Cardinals can bounce back from last week playing a pretty... I don't know how bad the Lions team actually is, but their record... Give you some stats that make it look really bad. Yeah, their record says they're terrible. Yeah, it's their 30th offense, 25th defense, last rushing attack in the league. Yeah, whereas... And- the the Arizona Cardinals are fourth offense, fifth defense, seventh in passing, and twelfth in rushing. A really good, consistent team. How did I just they think that's lose last week? How did they lose? Oh, they they they, they should be four and zero. Yeah, turnovers hurt them. It was just a bad game, which teams have. Look, that's all the games I have to look at this week, Richie. A couple of others: Cowboys at Patriots, which I didn't really want to talk about because I think the Cowboys are going to get whooped. But I'll I'm still going watch to it. it. Should be great. Yeah, you'll you'll be there. Before we say goodbye, Richard. Where are you gonna Where are you gonna be next Wednesday, mate? Give us a bit of a rundown on your holiday. What are you up to? Uh, next Wednesday, when I phone in, I'll be in Baton Rouge, Ooh. Louisiana. Uh, but this weekend, I'll be at the Colts Texans Thursday night game. Hopefully, with luck, I'd hate to think that I'm going all that way and I won't get to see him. Uh, then I'll be at the Red River Shootout, good college game with the Longhorns and the Sooners. Yep. And then rounding out the weekend. Seeing your crappy Cowboys lose to those really good Patriots. Why you got to be like that to me, mate? Have I ever treated you with that sort of disrespect? Nothing but love and friendship. Let me put it this way, mate. I'm going to see your team. I'm not going within two states of my team. Yeah, true. And Jerry World is incredible. So, look, have a great time. I'm sure Chris agrees. Chris, do you agree? That he has a good time. That he should have a good that time. That he should. Yeah, should I'd, I'd say so. I'd say that's, that yeah. probably makes the trip a little bit better. We will miss you, and we'll call in next week, but give us the send away, Richard, just like only you can. Thanks, mate. Everyone, you've been listening to the SEN NFL podcast. You can follow James on Twitter at jarthur6594. You can follow me at richard03. If you start doing it this week, you'll get lots of photos from NFL games. Until next week, for James Arthur, for our producer, Chris Tyler, I'm Richard Garraway. Thanks for listening. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. 
To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America. I'm whispering through the mic to you.